Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today, we will unlock the book, Lost to the West, the Forgotten Byzantine Empire that Rescued Western Civilization. This book narrates the history of the Byzantine Empire, which grew and prospered despite turmoil for a thousand years. The first three centuries AD were a time of great prosperity for the Roman Empire. Roman architects, engineers and soldiers could be found all over the continent, establishing order wherever they went. Roads were well connected to the marketplaces, and cities were bustling with facilities such as arenas and public baths connected by roads. By the third century, rebels and mobs sprung up in various locations to overthrow the emperor's rule. The roads that were supposed to symbolize the prosperity of the Roman Empire were utilized by the insurgents as a tool for the empire's downfall, contributing to 28 changes in the imperial power in just 80 years. Unfortunately, none of the 28 emperors were wise. Instead of bringing peace for which the people longed, each monarch sought personal gain, looking for reasons to levy taxes. Increasingly, stringent fiscal policies brought the Roman Empire's economy to its complete collapse, and society was in turmoil due to never-ending conflicts. The hopeless populace began to look for spiritual support by seeking refuge in religion. Diocletian, a warrior from a wild region, stepped forward. He led his army to defeat enemy troops and quietly assassinated the emperor. In 284, he ascended to the throne and successfully ended this turbulent period. The then territory of the Roman Empire spanned the entire Mediterranean region, ranging from the forests of Britain in the north to the Egyptian desert in the south, and spanning from the Strait of Gibraltar in the west to Persia in the east. Being an astute monarch, Diocletian clearly understood that it would be difficult to rule the entire empire by himself. Hence, he divided the empire into two, appointing a senior emperor, or Augustus, to govern the less developed areas in the west while he ruled the prosperous eastern areas. In addition, he appointed two junior emperors or Caesars to share power, initiating the tetrarchy system. However, the stability was not long-lived. After Diocletian's abdication, civil strife erupted within the empire. Constantine won the civil war, becoming the sole ruler of the Roman Empire. In 330, Constantine established the ancient city of Byzantium as the new capital, renaming it New Rome, although the city is more popularly known as Constantinople in honor of Constantine. It would later assume the position as the capital of Byzantine Empire. Constantine's reign lasted 31 years, and his rule had restored order to a chaotic empire. After his death, however, his successors became increasingly incompetent from generation to the next. The empire was once again split into two parts, the east and the west. In 410, the Western Roman Empire was invaded and looted by the Germanic Visigoths. Later, it was further invaded by the Saxons and Vandals, and eventually came to the end of its road in 476. And the Eastern Roman Empire, or the protagonist of this bookie, the Byzantine Empire, continued its glorious history of territorial expansion and change of imperial power for nearly a thousand years. It was not until 1453, when the Ottoman Empire captured Constantinople, that the Byzantine Empire was brought to an end. We have provided a detailed review of this famous battle in our bookie on the book, 1453, The Holy War for Constantinople, 
and the clash of Islam and the West. The author of this book, Lars Brownworth, has consulted a wide range of relevant sources to unfold the history of the Byzantine Empire before our eyes. Next, we will explain the major points of his book in three parts. Part 1, Heydays of the Byzantine Empire. Part 2, Factors Contributing to the Glory of Byzantine. Part 3, The Significance of the Byzantine Empire to Western Civilization. Part 1, Heydays of the Byzantine Empire. Throughout the millennia-long development of the Byzantine Empire, the imperial power underwent several changes and reached various heydays under the rule of several wise monarchs. First, under the reign of Emperor Justinian, the Byzantine Empire continued to expand its territory and achieved its maximum territorial size. In 518, Justin I, the uncle of Peter Sebastius ascended to the throne. Justin was well into his sixties then and he was of no particular talent. However, he had a brilliant young nephew in Peter Sebastius. He treated his nephew as if he were his own son, giving him the best education he could afford. From that moment on, Peter Sebastius would be forever known as Justinian. Resourceful and keen-eyed, Justinian realized that the empire already possessed the new strength and wealth needed to expand its territory and attack the barbarian kingdoms in the western realm of the empire. After the death of his uncle, Justinian ascended the throne and began his expansion plan. In 528, war broke out between the Byzantine Empire and Persia. A general named Belisarius quelled the Persian army with his outstanding military prowess. This victory gave Justinian the confidence required to start taking over North Africa. In 533 AD, Justinian decided to send Belisarius to attack North Africa, although many people opposed this military campaign. The treasurer thought that a large-scale attack on North Africa would result in serious financial losses and hoped that Justinian would not put the empire's finances in such peril. At the persuasion of the treasurer, Justinian massively reduced the number of troops under Belisarius. In his opinion, Belisarius could lead this small army to victory with his excellent leadership skills. While the army was anchored in Sicily, the Vandals, who ruled North Africa, were busy with suppressing riots in Sardinia and had no time to preoccupy itself with Belisarius' army. Belisarius seized the opportunity to his advantage and quickly led his men to land on the Tunisian coast. Upon landing on the island, Belisarius found no trace of opposition from the Vandal soldiers and easily occupied the entire territory. Belisarius forged a path all the way to the capital of the Vandal kingdom, with hopes of luring out Gelimer, the Vandal king. Just ten miles from the capital, Belisarius' scouts suddenly reported that Vandal's army had set up an ambush ahead, and they were waiting for Belisarius' arrival to pounce. Despite the information relayed to him, Belisarius did not retreat to safety, instead, he decided to trust his instincts and lead his army forward, to deal with Gelimer head-on. It turned out to be a wise decision. Since most of Gelimer's elite troops were in Sardinia to suppress the rebellion, Gelimer simply could not make them back to the capital. He had to fill the shortfall in numbers with massive recruits. Meanwhile, Gelimer delegated half of the command to his inexperienced brother because the army was too large to be dispatched. His inexperienced brother led the entire flank of newbie Sodders directly into the Byzantine vanguard, never to return. The troops led by Gelimer himself were so frightened by this defeat that as soon as they saw Belisarius' army, they began to flee 
and even trampled on each other on their way out. For some time, the battlefield flowed with rivers of blood. After Gelimer redisciplined his troops, he led the main faction of his army to close in on the Byzantines, but at that very moment, he came upon the body of his brother. Gelimer was so grief-stricken that he decided to halt the attack and give his brother a proper burial. The momentum of the Vandal troops was gone precipitously. Once again, Belisarius seized the opportunity to launch a surprise attack, finishing off the Vandal army and entering the capital city. Next, Belisarius captured the city of Hippo and Sardinia, putting an end to the Vandals' rule in North Africa once and for all. The successful recovery of North Africa brought Justinian considerable prestige. Subsequently, he recaptured Italy in the same invincible fashion, bringing the empire to its largest size in its history. But unfortunately, no monarch as capable as him appeared in the Byzantine Empire for quite some time, and the empire's vast territory became torn apart with a succession of incapable rulers. It was not until the 9th century that the empire had its second heyday, when Basil the Macedonian claimed the throne, launching the Byzantine Empire into the Macedonian dynasty period. Basil was keenly aware that although the Byzantine Empire was much smaller in territorial size than before, it had counterintuitively become more internally connected and its borders more strongly fortified. The downside was that even though the Byzantine Empire was located on the Mediterranean coast, it did not have an strong naval force and was often brought to its knees when fighting on water. Basil spent a lot of the treasury's money building the most advanced warships and searched the entire nation for the right recruits to join the navy. The troops soon came into play, first helping Basil capture the caliphate's territory and next dealing a heavy blow to the pirates in the Gulf of Corinth. The successive victories imbued Basil with confidence, so he officially launched a full-scale offensive attack. The naval fleet was so powerful that it captured Cyprus, northern Mesopotamia, and other territories. Basil felt at ease once the external expansion was well underway and shifted his focus to internal affairs. He hired many artisans to renovate various public buildings in the capital city, hoping to bring back a sense of glory. Thanks to the efforts of various craftsmen, the previously dilapidated wooden roofs were replaced with sturdy stone, and the faded walls were plastered with glittering mosaic tiles, giving the entire capital a facelift. Once again, the power and prestige of the Byzantine Empire flourished. After Basil's death, the Byzantine Empire declined under the reign of his descendants, during which it was seized several times by more talented generals, however, none of them could bring back the glory of the empire. It was not until the emergence of Basil II that the Byzantine Empire reached its prime once more. Basil II was a descendant of Admiral Romanus Lecapenus. His grandfather had seized imperial power from Basil I's grandson. Unfortunately Basil II did not possess the same military aptitude that his grandfather boasted. After his accession to the throne, General Phocas rebelled and led a powerful army to attack the capital. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play, get your free mind snack now.